Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello guys and welcome to another edition of the 1875 podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schofield. And once again, I'm going to be joined by Ollie Howarth and Alex Lomax. Today, we're going to be looking... Um, back at the fixtures just gone, so Derby, Swansea and Bristol, as well as looking towards Wigan Athletic, Birmingham City and Huddersfield across the festive period. Rovers, of course, on a fantastic run at the moment, unbeaten in six now, I think it is. Um, and just a point outside the playoffs. Uh, so maybe we might be going to Wembley in May. Um, who knows? So we'll start off um, talking about Derby County. It seems a long time ago now, of course. It was a 1-0 victory, Adam Armstrong. Um, I know we spoke the last podcast, lads, about it being the one that we probably expected to win out of the three games coming up. How important was it that we that we did get that win, Ollie, to basically continue the run at the rate it was going? Yeah, I think so. And I think I know we talked about how how you know how did Derby perceive themselves as a set of fans and they're under new management and although we were in good form and should have been looking to win the game. Um, there was a little concern as the game wore on that when we you're then just sat on a 1-0, um, I think it was mentioned after the game that Armstrong could have done better with the chance in the first half. And it there was a danger of it being one of those games where, say like a Knott's Forest, where we don't actually see it through. And I'm never quite happy on... I don't think any Rovers fan feels very good about us being sat at 1-0 um, because we don't, yeah, there's a tendency to concede late goals that we're sort of seeing slightly less of this season, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think I actually thought that Derby were pretty poor on the day, which kind of helped carried in our favour. Um, I think they had one shot on target and Walter made a good save right at the death. I think it's from um, Jack Marriott. Um yeah, but I think just in terms of it was the home game after a really good win away at Stoke. Unchanged side again. Um, and yeah, I think it was just very good to kind of get our just rewards because we were the better side on the day. Could have been, probably should have been maybe 2-0 or a little, you know, made it a little easier on ourselves. But we did get got over the line in the end. And I think that was probably largely helped by how poor um, Derby were as opposed to kind of us putting in a really good performance, such as, say, Brentford, for example. Um, it kind of, I think it was probably more about how poor they were than how good we were, um, despite the fact that actually Travis played a really good pass into Armstrong and, you know, he took his strike really well. But if you look defensively from Derby's point of view, it was a very, very poor goal to concede, given the kind of time and space afforded to us to play that pass, turn, be in a lot of space and actually Armstrong choosing to shoot because you just had the goal to aim at. So, um, but yeah, no, really good just to kind of get that one over the line, I think. Certainly. And, and Alex, Ollie touched on at the start just then about Adam Armstrong and 
his first half uh, chance that he missed. And obviously he spoke about how he went on to score the winner. He was a frustrating figure that game, weren't he? Um, because obviously there was the goal that he should have scored in the first half, as we just mentioned, the winning goal. And it seemed like he was a second away from doing something fantastic and then he didn't pull it off until he finally got that winning goal. Do you get frustrated watching Adam Armstrong, Alex? Is he a sort of player that you really think should be doing better? Because um, then he goes and pulls out something like that. And you think, why can't you do that more consistently? I think with all of the Rovers players, there's always um, a desire for more consistency. But I think something that we've got to take into account that there's a reason that these guys are playing in the championship at the minute. And that's because they haven't actually found the level of consistency that is required to play at the top level. And uh, that consistently consistency can only be shown by performing every week for Rovers and getting us, you know, higher up in the championship and hopefully getting us into the division above. You know, so I look at a player like Adam Armstrong, you know, who I think we got on loan all the way back in the League One season in January. And um, I think he really demonstrated from that moment on, really, so that that level of inconsistency where one game he can be the game, you know, the game changer. And, and another game, you know, a bit of a liability at times and maybe some fans questioning his contribution to the team. And I think with um, one thing I can definitely praise Marbury for is the fact that the depth of, of of the squad now in the in the forward areas, you know, when you think we've got Lewis Holtby, Joe Rothwell, Adam Armstrong, all fighting for the same positions, really. I think... You know, it's testament to Marbury's recruitment in in that area of the pitch that if any one of those do uh, have a dip in form, shall we say, that there are other players that are capable of stepping in and um, performing to the standard required in the championship. So, I think I always go back to the Jordan Rhodes debate. You know, it's like if only Jordan Rhodes had pace, and I was used to say to that, well, if Jordan Rhodes had pace, then he'd be playing in the Premier League. So, I think there's got to be an understanding from the fans that the players we do have in the squad at the minute are in the championship for a reason. And that's because although they do show moments of brilliance and quality, you know, on an intermittent basis, they do like that consistency, you know, that's required to be a top level player. And it's, you know, the job of clubs like Rovers to uh, coach them, improve them and allow them to play on a more consistent basis for a longer period of time. You know, and ultimately, you know, that's, that's the job that Marlborough has been tasked with this season. So we'll, um, we'll see going forward how that all transpires, won't we? Okay, so moving on to Swansea now. Of course, a 1-1 draw away from home. An early goal from Danny Graham was cancelled out by Andre Ayew um, quite soon after, to be honest. So we didn't really have time to, to sit on that lead at all. A game in which both managers were disappointed in the refereeing performance and both teams ended up with 10 men. Ollie, how did you view the Swansea game? Um, do you think that that period where it, we did, they were down to 10 men, we didn't quite capitalise enough on the um, the man advantage? I think it's it's difficult to... We had a bit, it was maybe about a 10-minute spell, and with the way Swansea play, particularly at home, they're very good at keeping the ball, and I think that was evident 11 v 11, um, we were very much sat there as the away team looking to catch some, you know, catch things on the break or 
pressed them high up the pitch, and which led to the first goal. But it's and actually, I think the timing of the substitutions. I think fairly certain Bennett had come on for Rothwell, who had actually had quite a poor game um, just before Carroll was sent off. And I think if had Swansea been down to ten men before we'd made any subs, you do wonder whether Moby would have made different changes. But again, you're talking hindsight and. Yeah, it's, you know, you can't predict someone's going to be sent off. And yeah, generally speaking, I thought it was quite a poor game. I know we're probably going to go on to touch upon Rovers making a fast start, but it had that. It was, although it was a very good goal that we scored with again, I think it was Evans pressing high up the pitch and nicking the ball, um, leading to a nice move and a really good finish from Graham. Actually, Swansea's equaliser was really disappointing from our point of view and it had shades of, Last season, where we had often when we scored, we had this sort of difficult 10 15 minutes where we'd often concede and get pegged back quite easily. I think there was Swansea would not be the team you'd be concerned about on set plays and headers in the box because they're not a particularly big or physical side. And actually, I think Dak ended up one on one with Andre Ayu, which was a bit of a mismatch. But and then, you know, and then it's 1 1. But yeah, I think. I think we said in the last pod that a draw away at Swansea, we've got a really poor record against them away from home. But I think it was a fair result in the end. It was a poor game overall. I think the referee spoiled it for both sides. And I think both managers and both sets of fans will feel quite aggrieved. Um, I know we'll talk about the Dax ending off. But no, I, I think we even had a chance at the end with Gallagher to nick it. But it would have been a real smash and grab. And I think you've sort of, it's a positive result. We stayed unbeaten. Um, so I think it was, it was fair in the end. Um, and I think it'd be harsh to kind of criticise otherwise. What was your view on the, the Dak sending off Alex? Uh, did you think it was the right decision from the referee or did it scream um, trying to level things up because of the, the Swansea sending off? Yeah, it was exactly that. It, it was the referee... Um trying to basically legislate for a mistake he'd made earlier in the game. and You know, with the Swansea manager after the game stating that, you know, both sendings off were, you know, incorrect decisions, you'd, you'd have to say that he was definitely trying to level things up. And, you know, we've we've seen this before where, um, you know, when I cast my mind back to the Sheffield United away game last season where um, they got down to 10 men, you know, in the second half and, we foolishly, you know, give the ref a decision to make and he levels the game up. And from then on, we we fell away pretty markedly and lost the game heavily in the end. So I suppose you could say it is a sign of improvement that we didn't cave in under that adversity and that we did manage to see the game out and collect a point, which I suppose you'd always take in an away game in the championship. So I can't be too despondent after that game. Um, I thought it was... Overall, I thought it was quite a poor performance in some ways. I thought our passing was nowhere near the level that it that it had been in the previous few games, um, and I thought that our sort of met, you know our style of play or our game plan of trying to press them high up the pitch uh, really wasn't working when we kept giving the ball away in our own half, and uh, particularly in the first half, you know after we scored, you know it led it led to a lot of pressure on our goal when it wasn't really necessary. So. I think, you know, after the game, you do take the point and move on. But 
as you say, the Dak sending off just smacked of a referee trying to level the game up. And, you know, I, I have no complaints, you know, about the manager keeping him on the pitch. You know, Dak's our most influential player. He's got the most goals. He's, you know, what, what do I need to say about Dak that hasn't already been said? You know, you, you need to keep Dak on the pitch as long as you possibly can if you're a Rovers manager. So there was absolutely no reason to take Dak off. You know, if you have full faith in your players, like every manager should. So, yeah. I think you just got to look back at it, you know, as once again, the championship refs coming back to bite, you know. I think it's bizarre that we've only had one penalty all season when other clubs have had 10. So I'd like to see that rectified over the course of the next 24 games. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. It is interesting what you said a bit, a bit earlier on, though, Alex, that it gave the referee a decision to make. Now, from my from from the the footage I've seen, I don't think it was a sending off, but Dak does seem to go over the top of his shin when when blocking off the ball, and I suppose it's that sort of thing that nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, maybe the referee ignores it. Um, but like I said, it is given a decision to make, and I suppose on Dak's part, he should perhaps be a bit more aware, knowing the. Uh, the way the game has gone and, and the performance the referee's been putting in. It's interesting as well because I was listening to Radio Lancashire and Andy Bayes said just after the sending off for Carroll, he wondered if Mowbray would take Dak off and Kevin Gallagher said the exact same as you, that you keep the most influential attacking player on the pitch. So no criticism at all towards Mowbray. Just a bit frustrating that we couldn't quite make that advantage count and it was soon... Uh, so he went back to, to 10v10. But a good point away, which I suppose sets us up for what was a fantastic three points against Bristol City. Of course, a 2-0 victory with goals from Bradley Johnson and Adam Armstrong. Johnson scoring early for Rovers. Um, yet another early goal, which I think we're going to delve a bit deeper into now. Um, so Oli... What was your feelings at the Bristol City game? Um, I don't think any of us really expected to get three points, did we? Even with our current form. No, I don't think so. I, I sort of had just visions of last season with the... I think we went a goal up and had a catastrophic second half and lost 4-1, I think, in the end. Um, and, but although I think Bristol, although they're, you know, they're up in the mix with a lot of teams this season as they tend to be under Lee Johnson, like, I, I always, I, I'm not, they're not a team I quite like playing, so it was a game I was quite nervous about. Um, I think the lineup is obviously going to be, cause a lot of issue. I think there was quite a lot of um, stuff on social media of people kind of questioning the lineup and having had, okay, Dax suspended, which is, which is what it is. And then to see kind of six changes and it, it had shades of earlier earlier this season where you're trying to work out what the lineup is. I think when I saw the team sheet, I think my initial feeling it was going to be a sort of three three at the back with Nyambe as a right-sided centre-half um, and Lennon in the middle with Bell and Bennett as wing-backs. I think it ended up being 4-4-2. Yeah, with Bennett playing as a wide midfielder, and I, yeah, I don't know the lineup. I think it. I think a lot of Rovers fans will sit here and go, and sat there and probably thought we're going to get hammered here because that team doesn't look very good. 
but then, yeah, but then you see the performance they put in, and that I think we've seen in recent games between the three of them. I think we've seen Travis Evans and now Johnson, um, yeah, pressing high up the pitch and winning the ball back and setting our you know our better attacking players forward to score goals. I think the nicest thing was how how good a performance Johnson put in, and I think there was they talked about it after the game. I think in his interview that. It'd been, they'd been working on it on the training ground, uh, that corner routine with Holby, and it hadn't actually worked at all on the training ground, but it's, it's a weakness Mowbray had identified with the way Bristol City defend corners. So for it, for actually to pull it off in a game situation so early on is brilliant. Um, yeah, and I think it probably goes down as, I think we talked about, how good the Brentford performance was, but this is probably up there as well with perhaps it is the best performance of the season um, or kind of on a par with that. To be sat 1-0 up away from home at Bristol and limit them to probably two very good chances that, but other than that, actually kept them at bay very well and to a man how well we played. Um, and I think, we, yeah, we've mentioned Armstrong, the good and the bad, the way the confidence with which he sort of sprinted forward and finished with ease coming on as a sub was really pleasing to see. And yeah, it sort of had, it didn't, you didn't have that doubt when he sort of got sent forward. You felt like it was, that's going to go in. And the tune, I think again, people have noted how Bradley Johnson seems to be celebrating as he's sent Armstrong forward, which is really good to see. Um, yeah, probably another thing. I know, and I think Alex was there, so he's probably going to got a lot more to say. But the couple of things I'd note are, I think, how well Christian Walton's been playing since, probably pretty much since the mistake against Barnsley. Um, and, you know, we're starting to keep some clean sheets. He made that save in the first half, which could have led to 1-1. I think it takes a nasty, there's a, a shot that takes a nasty deflection and he tips it around the post. And that could have, you know, such an important save because it won one and it changes the it changes the complexion of the game and gives them some momentum. Um, and I think I actually think he's been really good since then. And he's been a you know subject to a little bit of criticism and probably rightly so because he's made mistakes that have led to goals. But he has actually I think he's actually settled a little bit since the Brentford game and has played very well. Um, and I probably just a note to Bell as well, another player that gets criticised a little bit, and people question whether is he without Cunningham, can, is he going to be the solution at left back? Downing needed resting, and he came, he came in and was probably one of the standout players on the day. So to kind of to sit here and we've won away from home at Bristol and talking about strength and depth of the squad, which is not something any. You know, any of us sort of felt, I wouldn't have said we've got a lot of strength in depth apart from attacking midfielders. Um, but it, yeah, it's very pleasing to kind of come away with such a convincing win at, at a very difficult place to go. I, of course, take full credit for, for Christian Walton's upturn in form after my uh, column saying he weren't up to scratch. Um, my first call for Lancashire Telegraph it was, which I received some abuse for, but it's inspired him clearly to go on and um, really, really push on. It's a fair point you made, the Wally, just that that strength in depth that we have and how, how pleasing that is. Is there an argument, Alex, that the team goes unchanged 
against Wigan because we, we were missing Bradley Dack. Wigan, a game that you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but a game that you should be, you, we look at and think, yeah, that's three points. Is there an argument to be had that the team stays the same as it was against Bristol City? I definitely think you could make that argument. You know, I think one of the bigger criticisms of Marbury, you know, over the past few months has been the lack of consistency in selection. Um, you know, specifically around, you know, when we we have had a good performance, there's still been a bit of chopping and changing, and we've never really managed to string a run of games together with a consistent eleven. Now, recently, you'd have to say that we we have managed to do that, and it has largely coincided with our best run of form of the season. So I I understand maybe the temptation to maybe go and change, but I would also like to suggest that, you know, we will be playing quite a few more games over the festive period after the Wigan game. And um, I think Marbury will maybe view the festive period as one long, drawn-out period where we will need to utilise every member of the squad to varying degrees. So more than Marbury thinking that I think he should go on change, I think it will maybe just enforce the idea in Marbury's head that he does have a, a strong squad to choose from, you know, when he needs to. And um, I think that can only be a good thing going forward, that the manager has confidence in his squad, not just starting 11. So... You know, that does board well going into the very busy period we've got coming up, you know, where you know, we may pick up injuries, we may we may pick up suspensions, um, little niggles and that kind of thing. And also players dropping out of form as well. So I think there's always the argument for going unchanged after a win, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if Bradley Dark comes back in, you know, it, as I'm as I just said before, he's our most influential player by um by an absolute country mile and as our leading goal scorer, he has earned the right to be picked every week. So, do I think there should be changes for Wigan? Possibly one or two. Wholesale, no. Um, and I think Marbury will probably go along with that school of thought. I think any any temptation to maybe put out a so-called second string 11 against a Wigan athletic team that are desperate for a win would be absolutely foolish and would show that we've not learnt from our two home defeats this season, both against unfancied opposition. We've actually done better at home against the more fancied teams. So I think Marbury will be going into the home game with no complacency. As he always does, he will analyse the opposition and he'll pick the team that he thinks is most likely to get the win. So, yeah, I, I I agree with the sentiments about trying to keep everything as you know as consistent as possible, but I also understand that during this period, you know, there will be changes, and I think everyone's got to understand that. Certainly, they do. Um, Ollie, Corey Evans, or Bradley Johnson in midfield? Because if we go off the rule that Lewis Travis is the man that that will will take one of the the midfield positions, who's getting the nod against Wigan? Of course, Evans been in fantastic form, but Johnson played brilliantly with a goal and assist against uh, Bristol City. So, do I have to give an explanation? Just who are you playing there? I would 
Johnson, and I do have a reason why. Go on. If you, if you want a reason why. Well, yeah. I, I think the I, it's always a funny fixture now with Wigan. Um, I think since the League One season, and there's been a bit of needle with Paul Cook and some of the comments he's made, and they're having. I think it took. We didn't beat them in League One, and then they, when we were both back up, they beat us away. We were away from home, and then eventually we did actually beat them quite convincingly at home uh, at the back end of last season, three uh, nil. But there has been, there is that bit of needle between the teams, and I think there's there's always been a bit of an ongoing battle with Morsey in midfield. And I just think, I think I think him and Dak have had a few little, yeah, few little moments on the pitch, and I'd quite like, I think Travis and Johnson together are very very combative. I'm not Evans is very much so as well, but I just think. There's just a bit more fight, I think, in a player like Johnson. And I think him, I sort of want Johnson to kind of take care of Morsey or, and Travis could do the same. I just, and I think the way Paul Cook's often played against us, particularly when they've beaten us, um, is the last season, I think we were very much bullied away from home. And I think he, he goes down that route of, you know, play physical against Blackburn, put balls in their box. And I think Morsey is sort of one of the architects of that, of, of how they do that to us. Um, so I, that's why I'd kind of want to go with Johnson, I think, over in Evans. I think it's fair. I think, I think it definitely is a bit of a bit of a coin toss, to be honest, or as to who starts between Johnson and Evans. Of course, Morbury could completely confuse us and go Johnson and Evans as the, the midfield pair. Um, but it's certainly interesting. So, Wigan then, that's where we'll officially move on to the fiction now, despite talking about it briefly just then. They're 23rd in the league um, on 18 points. They've got no win in the last 10 games. The last victory was at home to Nottingham Forest. Um, in that time, they've had four draws, and their goal difference of minus 15 is the third worst in the division. If there is ever a game, Alex, that we should look at, and say yes, three points guaranteed. Is this it? I think you've got to be very careful in the championship with using the sort of I'll call the complacent language of you know three points in the bag or easy game. I don't think there's any easy game in the championship, and I think if we do cast our minds back to the Barnsley game just recently, that actually probably precipitated this this unbeaten run that we've now found ourselves in. Um, it was an extremely close game. And if anything, I would say Barnsley were maybe edged it and were, you could make an argument that they were the better team. But um, we still managed to scrape through. I think ultimately at the end of the season, you are judged on points in a league table and your position at the end of that. And therefore... I think any win is of equal value and therefore I don't think we should be going into this game thinking this is going to be an easy three points or this game's, you know, the biggest game of the season. I think all of them stand upon their own two feet as massive games from now on and um, I think we'll see that, you know, all the way through to May. I think the league now is so tight, you know, with I think it's just four points separate in about 10 clubs in the middle of the table. 
and they're they're all obviously desperate to get into that top six. And then obviously when you combine that with the relegation dogfight, you have got a league that's absolutely ripe for unexpected results. And we see that on a weekly basis, don't we, in the championship, you know. We all as I as I just mentioned before, we only have to cast our minds back a few months to see Rovers lose at home to Luton, which I presume a lot of fans would have, you know, banked on as a home win. I don't think anyone can be complacent in the championship. And if there was any method of criticising Marbury, I certainly couldn't criticise him about keeping his feet on the ground and making sure that the team is prepared and believes that they will need to earn the right to win. And we will definitely need to do so on Monday night. You know, Ollie mentioned Wigan and they will come and try and be physical and play that game. And, you know, as we've seen, when we've let them bully us in the past, they've managed to, you know, get the better of us and beat us. And so it's absolutely vital on Monday night that we go into the game with absolutely no God-given right to win it. We go in and we earn the three points through our own hard work and good performance, hopefully. So I've been stung so many times in the past, Tom, with Rovers and supposedly easy games that I just cannot nail my clothes to the mast and say this is a definite three points, you know. I just I still have nightmares about the Yorval game in the in the Gary Boyer playoff mid season, you know, when we drew nil nil. And um let's just hope we don't have a repeat of that and um the players carry on performing like they have been doing and we can get the three points, you know, which would then obviously set us up very nicely, you know, at the halfway point of the season. So as I say, going into any home game in this league, we need to be expecting to win and planning to win the game, but never, ever go into it with a casual attitude of believing that we've won the game before it's kicked off. That would be utterly foolish. It certainly would. Um, Ollie, how do you think Wigan fans would feel of Blackburn's position currently, taking into account that there was a lot of animosity from Wigan towards Blackburn in that League One season. Um, how do you think they feel? Um, and more importantly, how good does it feel as a Blackburn fan to to almost show them that, congratulations, you won League One, but we've got bigger aspirations than that? Yeah, I, think I have actually worked with a Wigan season ticket holder, Um so, I've, yeah, for a couple of years, so we, we, there's been quite a lot of good banter back and forth. But if, from his point of view, if, I, they're not they're not having they didn't have a particularly good season last season, and, and I think they were fortunate to stay up with. They were just some very poor teams that went down to League One um, because they I think they had a dreadful run through to the end of the season. Um, I think they, they then picked up a couple of wins, but it they were very much looking in trouble and that has extended into this season. Um, there seems to be from, from what I gather, they're a bit fed up with Paul Cook. He's, I mean, he's done a very good job overall, but I think there, there seems to be frustration with the teams he picks and playing players out of position, which, you know, criticisms that we've had as fans with our own side. Um, I think, and since they've had new owners, I think there's a bit of, 
some discontent around an expectation of seeing money spent on players, but that hasn't really materialised as yet. Um, so I don't think they're in a very good place at all. Um, and actually, he he's fully expecting them to go down. But I think I think Alex says it spot on. I think from last season and this season, I think these are the games we actually tend to struggle with a lot more. Uh, our record against better sides in this division. Feel like I, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but it, all, it feels better than we tend to do struggle in these games. And I actually think there's, this is a game where there's a lot more pressure on us to win because we're the home team and Wigan are struggling and we're in a good run of form um, than there is for Wigan to kind of come and do anything. Um, but I mean, their way, as bad as their form has been this season, their away form has been extremely poor this season in particular. Um, but yeah, I think the teams that come and frustrate us and are physical are the teams we seem to struggle against the most. So yeah, I I think there's as much caution with this as there is has been to kind of go away to Swansea and Bristol City that you can't take anything for granted. Um, we really should win the game, but we have to earn the right to win it. Um, you know, counteract how they're going to come and play. I think we know how they're going to come and play. Um, and I think if we get if we, if we get ourselves ahead, I think we should be okay. But that's often been the problem that we get frustrated, and if teams sit in and make it difficult for us, we we sort of run out of ideas a little bit. Um, but yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, um, no, you're right. Hopefully not. Hopefully we do. Uh, you know, don't take them for granted, like you both say. As you never, you never know what's around the corner, do you? Um, so after Wigan, we face Birmingham City, currently in fifteenth position on twenty-eight points. They have one win in their last five and have lost their last two games. Um, they'll be facing Hull City at the weekend before coming to Ewood. Um, again, it's at home. Is it very much similar to the Wigan game? Uh, let's not take that for granted, Alex. Exactly, and I think you, you know, I think what happens on Boxing Day will largely, you know, as it always is, be determined by what goes before it. So I think, you know, if we do manage to overcome Wigan on Monday night, then. I think, if anything, that probably relieves a bit of the pressure going into Boxing Day. And I think it'll allow the fans maybe to just maybe enjoy the game a bit more and just enjoy the fact that we are probably whereabouts we expect or want to be in the league table. Um, so, so presumably there'll be less pressure on the players. But, you know, I think we've spoken about this before. You know, when you've got the two home games very close together, I think you always need to try and get that result in the first home game and it, it does often take the pressure then off that off that second one in quick succession, you know, to get another win. Um you know if if we play Wigan and you know we drop points then possibly that pressure gets ramped up even further on Boxing Day just because the, the fans are so desperate to see the team competing at the right end of the league. So I think it'll be interesting to see how far we've progressed in my opinion, from our worst performance of the season in the reverse fixture, I thought we were extremely poor on the night that night. And if we have any motivation uh, in our bellies to you know, get a win, it should be against Birmingham after putting in that terrible performance at St Andrews. So 
that'll be interesting as well. I think historically, I can I can never really remember us doing that well on Boxing Day. Um, I don't know whether that's just me inventing a statistic out of thin air, but we always seem to <laughs> disappoint on Boxing Day, whether it be the horror shot leads last season or the Owen Coyle Barnsley embarrassment. So <laughs> let's just be grateful, I think, this Boxing Day that we are in a position in the league table that's a bit more healthy than we have been in previous years and um, a bit more positivity around the place than there has been in, in the past few years. So, yes, I think there will be pressure on us to win the home game like there is in every, any home game. And I think there'll be a bigger crowd on on Boxing Day than usual, you know, um, as is normal for Boxing Day games. So it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And I just hope that the players um, play with the freedom that they need to play with in order to create the chances to win a game. You know, what would really disappoint me is is if I see the players come out and play that nervous style of play that perhaps we've been guilty of in the past, particularly in away games, almost waiting for the opposition to affect the game rather than us trying to proactively affect it ourselves. So I think that'll be a measure of how far we've come over the next week or so to see how uh, we go in these two upcoming home games. But as you say, if we if we do manage to pick up the six points, then that would really put us in a good position in the league table. And um, I believe I said on the last podcast that I would have taken... 11 points from the December fixtures and I think we've currently got seven if my maths is right so I think if we only got four more from the next three I would be disappointed which just shows you how far we have come recently so as I say let's really enjoy the next two home games and play with the freedom to win and I just hope that the crowd doesn't get too anxious and wrapped up in the game that you know it sort of elevates the pressure on the team. I hope the fans accept the run of form we're on and believe that the that the goal will come and that we will win the game. So I, th- I think that's all I would ask of the fans really. Just be patient with the team and you know let's see if we can keep this great run of form going. Fans can play a big part, can't they, Ollie? In in a team's run of form both positively and negatively. Of course, the Wigan game, um, to, to circle back to that, and the Birmingham game, I suppose, like Alex said, if they're stopping us from playing football and, and perhaps we aren't getting that goal, if the fans get on, on the players' backs, as we have a right to do, as I do in that situation, it can have a negative impact, can't it? Yeah, I think, I think we've seen it a bit it, it's happened this season when we were in a bit of a rut and we've seen it, I think we saw it last season as well, that it's all, you almost get the sense that the when you're watching the game, the, the players get frustrated themselves. Um, and we, yeah, I think Alex was mentioning that we sort of, our style of play seems to, we get nervous and whether it's a combination of being nervous, being frustrated or feeling some anxiety or criticism coming from the crowd and it's hard it's very it's one of those you end up in a bit of a rock and a hard place because you you want to support the team and encourage the team but you quite often you want to see some of the performances we've seen recently where we seem to be quite progressive in our pressing and we've been scoring some really good goals that 
it, there's quite a lot for the fans to be feeding off. But I think, I think just particularly at home as well, not so much, I would say not so much away from home. I think at home when, if we sort of had a bad half or we've gone behind or we're struggling to break them down, you do the, those kind of moans and groans do start to build. And I don't know, you know, I think Mowbray commented on it in a, um, I think it was after the Barnsley game, but it, he feels it does have an effect. But, it, you know, he has to be careful in criticising the crowd. And I think, but it's one of those delicate situations. I think, I actually think, I hope that we just look forward to those two fixtures. Um, and it, there is quite an opportunity. I think, yeah, it's, I think between Preston in third and I think it's Hull in about 14th, there's only seven points across those teams. And I think we're right. I think we're three off Preston that, you know, enjoy these two home games, keep our good run going. And if, you know, four, six points from these two games, um, we're just going to, if you know, that should see us go further up into the table um, and hopefully cement ourselves a little further. So, there is a lot to be hopeful for and excited about, but the the players do need to deliver and kind of take these games as seriously as they need to be taken. Um, it, it it certainly does, doesn't it? That the players need to take it seriously, and as fans, we need to, like you say, have that patience. But they've they've also got to accept that that as fans, we we care about this club. Um, and of course, all things, uh, good things considered anyway, we could be going to Huddersfield um, in the final fixture of the year. Um, hopefully, on the back of three, uh, six points, sorry, and um, sitting quite nicely in the playoff position. But that is for another time. Um, I'd like to thank both Alex and Ollie for coming on the pod today. It's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you both again. Um, really enjoyed this one. Some some very uh, well thought out comments that I think um, our listeners um, will enjoy. So thank you um, again, and thanks to you for listening. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Probably the last one of the year, I think. May be able to squeeze another one in um, if we can find time um, among the festive period. Uh, but if not, um, have a very happy Christmas and have a fantastic New Year. Thanks and goodbye. <laughs>